Magic in the attic is back at it again. You just chill into the rhythm, and then Nubby comes in. Let's just start over. Can we start over? Sit right back and just start over. Okay. This will be our cold open. Us talking about starting over. Okay. Uh, let's just start over. All right. Let's just start over. Listen, Andy is in my background. Like I am. I am in Andy's room. Yeah, start this show 100%. off by showing right. everybody the... Buzz and Woody are here. Start this show off by uh, Midnight yeah, Mark by is, showing everybody the is, balloons. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where I got my cow balloon. That's my cow balloon right there. Uh, it was my son's uh, third birthday party, and he had a Toy Story birthday party. Because he loves Buzz. My sister-in-law painted her son's room like that. Oh, that is dope. It was. And then Texas froze to death and the house flooded and all the pipes burst. And now they're rebuilding their entire house pretty much. Besides like the bones. Wow. Thanks, AOC. That's That part's not dope. Nice. Yeah. Okay. That sucks. But it looks super cool and she did it. Well, it'll now. I'm depressed actually now. That's I'm like actually like. Why? Because you feel, you feel like you're you slacking in the parenting it's just department. It's a depressing story. Well, the good news is Alexandria Ocasio Cortez came down and raised five million dollars and saved Texas. Who got that money? AOC. Yeah, but who got it? AOC. Probably. Oh, okay. So she's just a millionaire now. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well. And welcome to the Magic in the Attic Welcome to the podcast. Magic in the host, Attic Preacher podcast. Paul. I'm Preacher Paul. Today, we're counting down to start off the show our top five books that we read and loved as a kid. JBM had this idea, so I'll let him go. Wait, is it books or series? Books. Books. Book series. Books. Books or book series. Or you, okay. Yeah, you can use a series well, if you want. Those are two extremely different well, things. All right. Nah, they're not. If you used five from one series, you're just stupid. No, no, no. I'm saying, like, I thought we were picking five different series. I thought it was just five different books. But It like, can be anything we want to say. We love it. Let JBM go first. Question. Okay. Here's my, here's my five. It's when fine. I originally he said series. Question. Anyway, it is what it is. It is what it is. Go, hit the tape. Last week's pod. Anyway, uh, my top five. My top five series. Uh, number five, uh, The Boxcar Children. Because it was probably the first series that I ever read. Um, and it was pretty cool. I don't know that I even read a ton of them. But I probably read, you know, I don't know, ten of them. They were easy reads. I was in like third or fourth grade. And they were, they were pretty cool. Uh, and then from there... Um, I would say next was a series of unfortunate events. I read many, 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 many of them. Many of them. I don't know how many there are, but I read lots of them. They were very fun. They were exciting. They were thrilling when I was, you know, nine years old or however old I was. Um, and then from there, I would say uh, I'm very torn on two and three. I'm going to say three is actually Lord of the Rings slash The Hobbit. Um, just simply because 
I only read Lord of the Rings once. I read, I've read The Hobbit now in my life probably eight or nine times. It's my favorite book ever, but obviously The Hobbit itself is not a series. Um, and then number two, I would say Redwall. Uh, Redwall was wonderful. It was awesome. It was exciting. I think I read them all. If I didn't, there's only a couple I missed. Um, it was so fun, and I never understood why it never got made into um, a show Netflix. or a movie. And, and now that's happening, so thank you, Netflix. Um, so after you get done watching uh, you know, child porn or whatever they have on there uh, with cuties, you can then go get your children and watch Redwall. Um, so they're really covering all their bases. That's good. Um, and then uh, number one is Harry Potter. Um, I read every Harry Potter book several times. Um, Sans the Seventh, which... I was very disappointed by, um, primarily because Dumbledore was gay, and then that was weird. Um, but those are my top five. Um, I probably have missed something, and I'm excited to hear what it was that I missed. Uh, do you want me to go? Because I could just tell you what you missed. Yeah. Because okay, literally, we have four out of the five the same. Okay. <laughs> All right. I had Boss Car Children. I had series of unfortunate yes. events. I had Harry Potter. I had Redwall. And the other one was a book. It just wasn't a series. Uh, oh. So that's the only reason you missed it, probably. Charlie and the Chocolate okay. Factory. Oh, I've never Good. Read Did oh, you read the read. other ones? Did you read the other ones? They were like the I mean, elevator, like the glass elevator yeah. and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. That's just almost it's a, it's a series. series. A, yeah, it's technically yeah, a series. It's a series. But yeah, pretty, straight up the pretty same. Pretty good. I did have an honorable mention, though, for Chronicles of Narnia as well. I never read that. I've actually been thinking about reading that. It's funny. I never read those either. I never read Series of Unfortunate Events either. My wife is, like, huge on those books. We watched the TV series because of it. I never read them. Not even one. I don't know why. Uh, Dude, they were great. Well, I mean, I get mine. They They were, like, exhilarating. Mine are different. Mostly different because I had a different criteria, I guess. So my criteria was like books with the exception of one. I have one and it was one that was already mentioned with the exception of one. My other four were like these were books that I read that I were reading before high school because we talked about like when we were a kid and almost like exclusively then. Like I don't like read them now as an adult, you know, um, so well, all of my books were books I read before high school. Well, right. Well. I mean, like, so I read. I mean, with the exception of like whatever Harry Potter. Oh, yeah, came Harry out Potter, in. I guess. Right, but that's why I didn't like, include Harry Potter on my list because, like, yeah. I have read Harry Potter since. Like, I like reread them again in college. Like, you know what I mean? Mm. So mm-hmm. it was mm-hmm. like books that I like am not picking back up. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I'm not a kid anymore. Um. So, with the exception of one, uh, number five, because I'm doing it like you guys want me to, okay? Number five is Goosebumps, all right? Goosebumps is awesome. Um, An incredible series that is really scary when you're a kid, and they did the whole choose-your-own-adventure thing, which was, like, super dope, because you could read the same book, like, two or three times. And, like, now we watch TV shows like Black Mirror that incorporate that, and, like, I mean, I know they weren't the first to do that, but when you were a kid, that was like the first to do that for me, you know? So Goosebump, 
Not as good in quality. Yeah, not as good in quality, but, you know, so that's why it's number five. Number four, um, I might get laughed at here, but it's the Hardy Boys. I was big on, like, going to the library and getting those because they were, like, um, mystery novels. You know, there was, like, always a case to be solved. And it was like... Ha, 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 what a loser. No, I'm just kidding. It's a kid's book. It's a kid's book. Why would we laugh at you for reading? I don't know because it is kind of like, lame, well, and they're you old. Read, they're you old. Read goosebumps. Yeah. Well, Hardy they're boys. old, right? So, like those books. The reason why I read them is because um, my I had a box of like my dad's book when he was a kid, and they were in there, and I read them. I thought they were cool. Um, so that was it. My number three, and the reason it's my number three is because in quality, it's the best. But it's my caveat, and that's The Hobbit. I mean, I've read that since, but The Hobbit was like the first fantasy type novel that I read that was like a super high quality that like as a kid, I was like, wow, I love reading, you know, and I love this fantasy thing. I didn't really, I read The Lord of the Rings when I was younger, but I didn't really grasp them as well. So I read them again in high school. That's why they're not really on the list. So, but like specifically The Hobbit, that's number three, but that's why. Um, number two Animorphs. I read every Animorph book there was. Like that. I don't whole even know series. what that is. I right, so it's Some like weird book. Yeah. Is that like a, Transformers? Yeah, kind yeah, of. Like, but you so, turn, turn it to an animal. Yeah. So like the kids. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. They put their hand on like show, the. Right? What uh -uh. they tried to book. make it a show. They tried to make it a show, but like it was okay. a book series. Right. So okay. the whole thing was like they put their hand on like the blue cube. Right. And they gained the power to like morph into animals. But they had to like have the DNA of that animal and they could only be the animal for like three hours. And if they didn't change back to a human, they got stuck. Um, and like and they were like the um, the villains were like the yurks so they could like go into people's ears and like take control of their brain or whatever. And like. That I don't know. That whole series, it was weird, and I don't know if it stands the test of time like the other ones. But I mean, when I was a kid, that was one of like one of the series when a new book came out. My parents and I we go to the bookstore and I get the new one, and that's why it's on my list. And number one is Redwall. Um, I had all of them. I'm literally reading. I'm on. I'm reading Mossflower now to my son. I just finished Martin the Warrior to my son uh, today. We finished it today. Um, they Wait, do you get didn't a little start bit. With Redwall? Now I'm reading it in, in chronological order. Bro, that's messed up. That that's like fun. if you made your kid watch Star Wars in chronological order. He's five. He's like barely paying attention. They're more for Bro. me. Redwall. Redwall. I don't even actually have that one because Redwall's the best one though. Yeah, it's the best well, my book. Base... Eh, All right, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to hit on your list. I'm oh, just... Tagarung was actually pretty good, actually. I'll give Tagarung you is like the best book. But um, they do get a little bit of repetitive at times. Like they kind of have a formula to them, right? But there are certain ones that are like above and beyond. Yeah, Redwall is one of them. But Martin and Moriar is one. Mossflower, Tagarung. Like I said, I can't what wait till I can get the, the pirate, one, But The pirate guy. That was Tagarong, right? Yeah, that was Tagarong. Was that? Okay, all right, all right. Daughter. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, was, that one was really good. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, it's number one for me because like I've read that series multiple times, but it was also one that like, again, when I got into high school, I kind of just didn't read them, you know, because I, you kind of move on a little bit with the content of them. But now I'm reading them to my kid and it's like, you know, it's super fun. Um, you know, what's funny about Anna Morse is that I remember as a kid, I would read the book and I'd be like, why am I still reading these books? Like, I feel like the same thing happens every single book, but I still yeah. read the next book. Yeah, they're really repetitive. Those books were super repetitive, but I got I had every one. There was like fifty. Um, so that's actually yeah. a series I thought about when I was making my list. I was like, but I couldn't actually remember the name of the series. I was like, I think it's called. Well, remember, but I, I don't know. Remember. Do you remember the show? The show had the um, Iceman from X Men. No, I never watched the show. I only read the books. Yeah, because it's funny because he was in Animorphs. So then when he was in X Men, I was like, oh, the guy from Animorphs. <laughs> Like, I don't know. It's just kind of funny. All right. I guess it looks like the host is gone. Who's got the next topic? So the next question we were going to ask was your sports question, Piano Man. So if you would like to enlighten us, we can get into it. What was your question, your sports question? Because I'm in. I'm ready. Let me look up the wording I sent. Oh, (laughs) the question was, why do people cheer for teams they have no actual connection to and the reason i ask that question is because i think about people who like they grow up or or like you know these people who say they live in like atlanta but then they'll cheer for like really random teams like the lakers and they'll be like oh my grandfather he liked the lakers but like you never hear of anybody who lives in atlanta and they like the milwaukee bucks or something and their grandparents were like, oh, yeah, my, gr- my grandparents like the Milwaukee Bucks, so I like the Milwaukee Bucks. It's only ever – you feel like – I feel like you only hear it about teams that, that win a lot. So I was just wondering, why, why do people cheer for teams that they have no actual connection to? I'll let JBM take this one. Yeah, um, I mean, so I think everything is different, right? Like, I mean, I'm like that. Like, number one, I can't stand Indiana fans of anything. They're the worst. The worst. Um, Colts fans are terrible. Purdue fans are five times as bad. Uh, and Notre Dame fans are somewhere in the middle. Um, IU fans, they, they're hit or miss. Um, I think they've kind of learned their place, but in the sports hierarchy, so they're not. Yeah, as but crazy. they're all Notre Dame football fans. Well, you're that's Notre what, Dame. That's why they're you're a Notre Dame miss. football fan. Yeah. Um, People like, in Indiana are yeah. Notre Dame football fans and they're IU basketball fans. It's stupid. Yeah, but I mean, I'm I'm like that. I mean, like my my father is literally named after Ted Williams. Um, that is his first and middle name is Theodore Williams. So um, I'm a Red Sox fan because of that. But I don't really watch baseball anymore. But when I did, that was kind of natural. Um, and then I became a Michigan fan um, for two reasons. One, uh, I was. 10 I think we fired Bobby Knight then Mike Davis came and Mike Davis was trash and then my dad was like I'm cheering against IU until we get a new coach like I want us to lose so we fire this guy and I was like 11 at this point and I'm like bro I want to cheer for somebody and I liked football more anyways and I liked Michigan's helmets and I'm pretty sure some cool kids at school said they liked Michigan or something so I started cheering for Michigan and then by the time I got a new coach, I was like, I'm not going to be one of these Indiana sports fans where it's here for two different schools. So I just decided to go all in on Michigan. Um, 
ironically, Michigan was significantly better at football when I started being a fan and not very good at basketball. And that has changed. Um, and and then otherwise, like I think for especially for the NBA, I think it's really more player driven. Like I thought that I was a Lakers fan, but then I realized I really just liked Kobe. Um, and otherwise, I don't really care. And then, yeah, I don't know. I think it. I think it's a lot of things. I think a lot of it is players. Um, I think a lot of it is who your friends maybe cheered for at times. That's kind of how I became a Bears fan. Like, I had a couple buddies that liked the Bears. And, yeah. I don't know. I don't well, know if that answered your question. That was, term- like, my personal journey. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think your fandom kind of fits into his question a little bit. But, like, but you didn't have anybody that you – took that from you kind of decided those all on your own in terms of like people but i mean it still works right but like so if you i mean you see a lot of steelers fans for this reason right i mean i think colin cowherd actually talked about this a little while ago where the why there's a lot of steelers fans in the nation because like steel workers would would like gravitate to being a Pittsburgh fan. They were all over the nation and Pittsburgh was good and Pittsburgh kind of has always been good. So like when your mom and your dad are big Pittsburgh fans, you naturally will like that team, even if you live in, you know, Oklahoma, right? Um, And then if they stay good, then, you know, so like I'm the opposite. So I'm a big Titans fan. My dad doesn't really care, right? And my dad kind of like, seemingly like the Colts because there's no team in Kentucky. Then we moved to Indiana, but my brother and my dad have kind of gravitated toward the Titans because they know how much I like them, you know? So like they tend to cheer for them because they know that's who I'm cheering for. Um, But I do think it helps if that team continues to be good. Right. So like Walker, you live in, you live in like in Georgia, right? So if the Hawks are super good, and you're and you move to Pennsylvania and you're and you have a kid and you're like, oh, we're Hawks fans here. But then they start to stink, right? Well, your kid might gravitate to being a Phillies fan at the or yeah, or whatever. Sixers fan, sorry. I'm just like bleh. uh a Sixers fan because the Hawks aren't any good. And your kid isn't from Georgia like you are, right? So they might gravitate gravitate toward the team that's better because they have like a connection to it. But if the Hawks stayed good, they'd be like, that's my family team. I do think college is different though. Even if your team sucks, sometimes you stay loyal to college. I do think it's different. Pro is different. Kind of like JBM was saying, sometimes you can have a player that you really love. And when that player leaves, you kind of don't care. Um, Yeah. So no, no, but see that actually makes a lot of sense. But like, say, I was in Philly, right? Like this exact situation. But then the most dominant team of the time is like, I don't know, Celtics or something. Oh, wait, that's that's Boston. Yeah, so if you're in Philly, but the best team is the Celtics. So all of a sudden you just start liking the Celtics. Well, I mean, part of that's just it's, bandwagon. So what, what I'm trying to that's say, just bandwagon. Yeah, yeah, but I guess my question really stems from why do you never – have you ever run into people who just randomly cheer for like terrible teams like the Browns? Yeah. A handful. You do? Yeah. For that reason, because like 
I, I, I actually, there's a like lot not of not from Cleveland and they just no, like, the yes, Browns? yes. So I actually see this. There's like a lot of people who were Browns fans. Like when that were Kentucky fans, when Tim couch got drafted first and then they like wanted to cheer him on. I know people who have just like stuck with the Browns since then, you know? So like, I do think there are events that can happen like a, a draft pick, you know, like your favorite player gets put on this team and they're there for however long, but then you just stick with that team. I do. I don't, I mean, I don't know I re- if I've ever met anybody that just, I, I remember right. when we were younger, I remember, uh, 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 I'm trying to remember nicknames. I'm sorry. When midnight Mark, um, was, uh, kind of a, uh, a Detroit fan, um, uh, uh, the Pistons. Uh, because of Tayshaun Prince. Yes. Um, yes. When they when they that were good, because example. they were really good, and they had a guy that went to Kentucky. Um, but I mean, I don't know. Like my favorite but player. I think to answer your question, like with what you're asking specifically, like people tend to gravitate towards things that are like good and exciting. Like, I mean, I don't just get jazzed up to go watch my team when they're terrible. Like if the Bears suck. And we're like ten games in the season, and they're like two and eight. I don't turn on the Bears game every week, like I don't care. Yeah. Um, and so I think because of that, people who aren't as loyal tend to be like, "Well, I'll pick a new team," um, or they gravitate towards a player. Like I don't know. It's interesting because like I can I thought I considered myself. I didn't think I did consider myself a Lakers fan. Then I realized it was because of Kobe. But what's interesting is. I never considered myself a Patriots fan because, like, I recognized that I only liked the Patriots because of Tom Brady. Um, but I didn't really like them. I just liked him, mm. and that's who we played for. But people just gravitate towards yeah. good and stuff. Yeah, and I like – I have something similar with Brady as well. So, like, I love Brady because when I moved to Indiana – when I was, a, you know, I was nine, I didn't want to be there. I was, like, all anti-everything Indiana. So I found it funny that Brady just like constantly beat the Colts and that he was like better than Peyton Manning. And so even today, when I'm like done with that pettiness and it doesn't matter, I still like Brady. You know, I still cheered for Tampa in the Super Bowl because of him. Because when I was younger, I had this like silly, petty thing against all Indiana sports. And so it was fun for me to watch them squirm over Brady. You know what I mean? So, like, that's why I like Tampa right now. They're not my team. The Titans are my team. But I will cheer for Tampa well, to do well over anyone. Well, like, everybody, I mean, when there's a dynasty, right? And in this case, the dynasty has grown from just a team. It's like a human being. I mean, it's kind of like LeBron, right? Like, you're either, generally, you're either for it or you're against it. And so I think that draws a lot of lines in the sand, too, for people. Because generally, you're either cheering for the dynasty to succeed, or you want to see the dynasty fall. And sometimes over time, it like it like brings you in. Yeah. Like, I- for a lot of people, and I was this way at the very beginning of the Patriots thing. Like, I was like, oh, this is so annoying. But then, like, they were just so great over time, like Brady was, that I was just like, this is incredible. I want to see this keep happening. Like, I don't know. I'll tell you when it flipped for me, uh, when they lost in 2007, 
Because I used to be the same way. I liked Brady. I thought it was funny, but I was like, I hate the Patriots too, you know? I just liked them more than the Colts. Then when they lost the undefeated season, I like something like triggered in me, and then I started cheering for like everything mm-hmm. Brady did. You know I know what exactly mean? what you mean. That's because it was like annoying that he always because I was like the greatest NFL team I've ever seen in my life just did not win the Super Bowl, and it was really weird. Like still to this day, maybe the best team that I've ever seen, and they didn't win the Super Bowl. It's by far the best offense. I mean, it just is. People can say that that Broncos offense, but, dude, that Patriots offense. I mean, Wes Walker was uh-huh. in his prime then. Like, that was, oh. And, I mean, that was like Hall of Fame Randy Moss, too, you know? Like, the reason people, you know, despite all of his faults, like, that Randy Moss is the yes. guy, you know? So. Sounds good. What's the joke? Oh, wait, we what? don't have a joke because we that have no host. That is the joke. <laughs> well, we have right. no host, which means you have no toast. We have no toast, so what am I going to do with this avocado? Uh, JBM, do you have a question about masks or something? Yeah, yeah. something about masks. Um, we'll go with that. I mean, do you guys want to do that, or did it just become a mini about the sports thing since we've lost our host? No, let's just do the – yeah, right. yeah, let's um, go. So Ask your mask question, bro. I was actually talking to, to Preacher about this the other day, but like – Long term, like, what are, I don't know, like, so masking, like, what are, like, the societal ramifications in, in, in respect to a couple things? So, like, I want, I want to get into, like, with respect to children and, like, their interactions with adults and being able to, like, see people's facial expressions and stuff, because I think that's big. But, like, here's why this came up for me. So, I saw a guy, a friend of ours that we go to church with. And he's been pretty hardcore about his mask and, you know, he works for uh, Eli Lilly and stuff. And um, so he always has his mask on when I see him. And we ran into him at the park the other day, or I thought I did. I was like, that guy looks like a guy I know. I was like, oh, whatever. And then I'm standing there and then Reagan comes over and he's like, he's like, hey, hey, man. And I was like, what? This dude had lost like 50 pounds, man. And I had no idea. Because, like, you know, when somebody loses weight, the place you see it the most is, like, in their face. Like, their jaw and their cheeks. And, like, I straight up did not recognize him for a second. And I was like, this is crazy. And he had lost the weight, like, literally, like, eight or nine months ago. This happened. But I had no idea. Like, which was, just kind of blew me away. And it made me be like, man, like... I don't know, like, that's like a thing somebody should be super proud of, and normally people would be, like, saying to you a lot, but, I don't know, I just thought that was weird, and then, but also just, like, children, like, dude, children are growing up, and, and they're just, they're, they're not seeing the bottom half of any, any adult's face, like, and in some cases, they're not seeing the bottom half of any of their friends' faces either, and I feel like that is a big part of your development as a human is like learning how to read people and their facial expressions and like if they're happy, if they're sad. Um, I mean, this is, I don't know. I just want to know what you guys think. Like what are the, what are the societal ramifications? Where does this go? Well, we might become better at reading people because now you have to interpret only this part of your face, right? Only the top part of your face. So it might actually, it could improve society, obviously. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> the great reset. 
Um, but the other part of your question, I, I was going to make a funny a joke and be like, yeah, like we should stop wearing shirts so that people could tell when we lose weight. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, no, it is weird to, to just think in general. I mean, it's it's only been about a year now, right? Probably not even a year since we were all wearing masks. And yeah. I think we're, uh, hopefully we're, what, we're 12, days away, 12 days away from 15 days to slow the spread being a year old. Right. I was talking to, I was talking about um with a friend about trying to think back to when you actually did everything without a mask you actually can't really remember it that well. Or but at you least can't. I can't. No, well, just, here here's what I say to people all the time like do like do y'all remember when everything was open for like 2 or 3 months and there were no masks? It was like Yes, we it, went to we went like, to Florida. Like yeah, we it was like my, April my May, family June, and I went on vacation. Or yeah. yeah. And uh we went on vacation like uh first week of June or maybe like last week of May. Yeah. And everything was like all the restaurants mm-hmm. were closed with the exception of the few that decided to be open. Mm-hmm. But there was no mask. The mask thing didn't start till July. Yeah. There was like a solid 2 months of there was no masks, but like that's been memory hold. Well Well remember in April, May and June Democrats and people on the left said masks were no good because of the Barack Obama tweet. So, like, but then that all changed. Mm-hmm. You know, when when Trump said that uh, he recommended masks, right, that was a problem. But then when he was like, don't wear a mask, then that was the mask, right? Because mm-hmm. remember, uh, you and I had this conversation in, like, April about how, like, what if we just wore masks? Then things would be, you know, like we had. I remember we had a phone conversation about masks because Trump said that there was some research about masks and how if like you wear them, we can have things open. And and everybody was like, oh no, you know, Barack Obama was like, don't buy masks and poll because then everybody was buying masks, right? And then like Trump was like. He got COVID and was like, it's all good. I'm fine. Like, don't worry about it, guys. Don't wear masks. And then it was like, wear masks, you know? That, no. Because no. everything got political last I year. I think you've misremembered yes. that. Trump got COVID in like October. Yeah, it was way after the it mask. It was way was it, well, after the mask. Because everyone was mad at Trump because he wouldn't point, wear a mask. It was the H-hydroxychloroquine was, but, but there was a point at the beginning when conservatives were asking the mask question. And that was when it was like, don't wear a mask. Right from from the. From I don't that. remember anyone asking. I just remember Fauci telling everyone so, that you didn't need one. I remember people wearing masks in my class way before, like, even, even like people wore masks though. Before like I, I don't mandate. know. I feel like masks have been around. I do. I do see it in my job. We didn't even take COVID seriously here. People in my class were wearing masks. Were they? Asian? Well, I do see it in my job. Like I feel it. You yeah, know? they were Asian. When I like laugh or smile at someone, I'm like they don't know that I'm like smiling. You know what I it's mean? It's sad. Dude. So, th- so there is that. Like, at, so at, at church the other day, more people than ever like took their mascots after they sat down, and I just like went up to every single person. I was like, hey, like it was really good to see your face because people were like smiling when they were singing and stuff. But like, it's just like zombie land. Like, if I mean not the movie, but like it's just like a row of zombies when everyone's singing and they have their mask on because, like, there's just no emotion. At least that you can see, visibly. Yeah, but do you get... 
guys think, I mean, back to the actual question, I guess, do you think it actually has societal implications? Like, I, I don't know. I feel like that's a talking point, but I don't feel like it's a real thing. Like, I don't treat anybody differently when they have a mask on. Well, I do, but that's different. Um, yeah, yeah, but you, but your, your mask thing is way different than like all of ours. Like we don't right. care, you care, right? Like you care more than we care. Yeah, I mean that's because I, um, that's because I've thought this entire time that this is a major problem. Right, but like I don't care to put on a mask to go into Kroger. It like doesn't phase me. Oh, you don't have and, to. Like, Kroger told their employees not to it. say anything to you, so it's okay. I go there all the time. But that's what I'm saying. The difference is, is like. I mean, and, and I don't care. You do what you want, man. It don't matter to me. But like, but I, I, I can, I can see what, where you're coming from. If you can't see people are like smiling and happy, you know what it, I mean? Like it makes you, you, sad. you don't see emotion. Yeah. Like it's easier. Yeah. It's easier it's, to become depressed when, I mean, I'm not saying that's the only thing. Obviously there's so many things shut down. Right. Like that's contributing but, as well. But and we're just but, a depressed society in general. To caveat, right, okay. But I'm not all that worried about it because, like, once a month, my wife and I have, like, our friends over that have kids that are my son's age, right? And, like, we mm-hmm. don't wear a mask the whole time. So, like, right, we're but, in public, but that's your yes, super close friends. My, I'm not talking right, about but that. Like, the, those relationships yeah, aren't affected at all. It's the acquaintances. Right, but I, but I, but I think, like, it would be a bigger problem if we wore if we had to wear masks like all the time. If we felt like we had to wear them all the time and there was no emotion ever. I'd be more concerned about it if like my sons never saw anybody have joy because like their mask is on right, their face. Right, but that's but, like, your sons. As a society, there are literally people that are doing that though. Their children that, are not allowed true. to be around other people. They've been at home for you know, eight, nine months now, some of them a year. They haven't seen anyone. Uh, I mean, I, I've got a friend that his son is um, is virtual everything. And that's a whole other thing. I mean, that's beyond masks. But, like, teachers are like, I don't even know all my students' names because it's not the same. I'm not around them. I don't see them as often. And um, that's that's really sad, too. That's, that's beyond the mask well, thing. But... Yeah, that, uh, but you're right. Yeah, I I'm mean, teaching you're taking high- steps to make sure your children are seeing people. Right, and I mean, like, I'm teaching high school. I'm class. back. What up? I'm teaching high school class right now, and back it is back in the saddle again. <laughs> <laughs> That's what uh, I just had to get like literally two music. inches away from my modem. Uh, yeah, but like, sorry. I mean, continue. I'm teaching high school class. <laughs> you guys are having a good discussion without me. Yeah, we are. We're, we're trying, trying to keep like, it going. We're trying. We're trying. Like it's hard without you, but we do what our we do what we can. But like, it's hard on Zoom, you know, because you can't read emotion at all over over the internet. Like with a group of like like us, the four of us, we can. Mm-hmm. But if there's but there's like sixteen people on that Zoom, I, I can't. You know, it's it's so hard to teach that way. You don't know who's picking up. You know, like when you're when you're in person, you can tell like who's paying attention, who's not, who's getting it, who's not. You mm-hmm. you can't do that online. It's so, it's so disconnected, you know. That's but awesome. so, but I don't I don't necessarily know if the masks are as bad as you think that they are. But I do think the virtual like, but that's a parenting thing. Like you said, a friend of yours is not doing that, man. That's their decision. 
And I think that's a problem personally, because I think human interaction is real. But I mean, right. But I mean, there's there's literally there's literally like millions of people doing that. They said today there's three million, three million kids that like have just disappeared from like their classes. They're supposed to be in school and they're just not anymore. They don't show up. They're not on their Zooms. They're not going to school. Three million. That's insane. It's a problem. Just waiting for their stimulus checks. Yeah, that's right. I Flex. guess so. That's all they are. They're 600 bucks or 12 yeah. I mean, either that or I guess the other side of that could be the teacher. Their, their parents were just like, you know what? Screw these crazy schools. I'm going to homeschool now. I mean, that, that could be part of it, but I'm sure it's not all of it. Is, did Preacher Paul get back on the saddle again again? <laughs> yeah. Well, All let me ask Piano, do you have any other thoughts on this question? For, for Because I do yeah, think, I mean, my JB, thought was, it's a good question. Yeah, my thought was that I don't think masks have that much of a societal impact, especially because it hasn't really been. I mean, we think one year is kind of long term, but. I don't think we'll see it for many more, if even another year. And in which case it's not going to have any kind of long-term societal impact. Now, if we have new variants or whatever, and they make us wear it forever, even then I'm not sure. I mean, like I said, I don't treat anyone differently because I have a mask on or because they have a mask on. Um, so uh, it's, it's not like as it's not as good though. So I guess there is some impact. I just think it's pretty minimal. Well, but here's the thing. You could say a year is not that long, but it's a really long time when you're five. Like it's 20% of your entire life. That's a whole lot. Until you live live 80 more years. (laughs) Right. But his point is like if the masks go away, like when my son, who's five now, Mm. when he's 10, he might not even really remember like, oh, that year everybody wore a mask. You know what I mean? So – Short term, I don't think it has the effect that you're asking. But long term, if we did it for like you know for two, three, four, five years, yeah, I think long term it would. But short term, uh, I don't know. I really don't. What's funny is I think if we would have had this question like six months ago, eight months ago, you guys would have been like, you know, short term, like this will be fine. But like if this happens for like a whole year, then it could have problems. I really think that conversation probably would have happened. <laughs> I mean, a year, six a year is longer than six months. So yeah, sure, I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Three more years. I, no, the curve. I agree with you. I think, I think there's problems, but I think the problem is more is is, is less with like I think mask as like not seeing emotion like you're talking about is worse long term. I think the problem short term is what you're talking about, where there are people who literally just want to do everything on the internet now, and they're like. There's like no responsibility in life. Mm-hmm. And I talked with some of like my elders at church about this. We were talking about going back to church full time. And I was like, think about like the kids in high school right now. When we were in college, there were the kids who continued to go to church. They were always going to. And then there were the kids that fell away and didn't go to church and they weren't going to. And that's just how it goes. Right. But then there were the kids that were like, I mean, if we're being honest, like us, that we kind of, we went, but we wouldn't have gone all the time. And part of the reason why I went all the time is I didn't want my parents to find out that I was skipping church and stuff. 
Well, like, what happens now if it be like, oh, hey, dad, yeah, I just, I, oh, I zoomed in. No problem. Yeah, I just zoomed in. You know what I mean? Like, those kids that are kind of the in-between, that kind of go to church to kind of do the motions. I'm not saying that's right, but there are, you know, we have friends that didn't fall away from the faith because they kind of did the motions in college. If they would have been able to just do Zoom and like lie to their dad, oh yeah, dude, I Zoomed, no problem. They would never go, and where and who knows where they would be. And same, I, I same think that, true school that can too. be a problem. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're not really attending class. Yeah, yes. it gives everybody just a, an excuse to disengage from it, and, and people will come to prefer it that way. I mean, they already do. So, uh, Pre- preacher, what are what are your thoughts on the on the masking? I think the, that the societal impl- ramifications. It's this whole past year on a number of levels have probably really not been good for um, kids. I mean, specifically kids between the ages of two and and four, like it, that's like the prime developmental time. And I gotta think that everything that's been going on in this past year has like. Uh, made an impact there on a whole generation of kids. So this is kind of what me and JBM were talking about initially. But I, I mean, I, I also think that, um, I mean, you guys were talking about how long the masks will go on. Like, how do we measure that? Like if, if masks are not required to go into most businesses, but every teacher at your kid's school is still wearing one. Like, do we consider that mask still going on? Like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it just seems to me like, yeah, there are some areas of life in which the masks will go away, but then there are other areas where um, I think it will continue on a voluntary basis, which is fine for people voluntarily choosing to do that. But I think that it um, it 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 can't it can't be a benefit to hide half of people's faces, especially when we're talking about interacting with kids. But. I mean, socially, it yeah, can't be. Well, it's funny because there's a. I think I think you made a good. There's a point. question that we were gonna do. Go ahead. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, there was a question that we were talking about maybe doing, um, but I think we might do it next week about the next week. It's a good treadmill. one. But it's just funny because about how you actually get accustomed to things yeah. really quickly. Um. So like you, it, it, if you were in this position last year and you said, "Well, we're gonna have it for a year of masks." you would project that you'd be in a certain state. That's probably a lot worse than like you actually got accustomed to it really quickly. I mean, we'll go into it more next week, but you actually just, you know, like I said, you you get accustomed to it. I'm excited to kind of research that a little bit so we can do that next week. Cause like, it's interesting. It is an interesting thing to discuss. I don't know. Preacher Paul told me he thinks that we'll have a whole generation of serial killers in like 20 years. Might have might have been well, slightly. We have more podcasts to listen to and more top ten yeah, lists. Yeah, it could go either way. We need more we serial could, killers. We, we, we could and probably will have more serial killers because we need a good bounce back. Top for the five serial Gen killer. Z serial killers. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> millennial <laughs> generation. Top five post COVID. Osama bin Laden. The millennial generation has been trash when it comes to serial killing, so we need the Gen <clears> Zs <throat> to step this up. Um, so, or, or on the contrary, maybe they've been so good that we don't know about them. Think about that. That is, that is Listen, always the question. Uh-huh. I'm the host now. I'm okay with that. I, what? Our next question is also a piano man question. 
He asked. Wait, but before is some government better than no <laughs> Could've government? Could have done a better job myself. <laughs> Preacher Paul, you up I think, first. Is I think JBM had a question within the question or something. Well, I was gonna say we also need to address our listener question with respect to the government. We will. We well. will. Okay. We, we will. will. We've already. We will. We've already we're, decided we're that. To that here trust me. And I'll let the preacher take that last section. I only trust Preacher but, Paul to tell me what to talk about. All right. Okay. All right. We'll pass it back. Right on now to the we are. <laughs> right now we're talking about some government versus no government. I'm glad that you guys managed to do this without me for like a full half hour, and then are helpless without me now that I'm back in. This is how it goes. But um, no, so some government versus no government. Is some government better than no government? It's a very basic question, but I feel like it's it's not um, – I don't know. J- uh, JBM was saying uh, – had sent some gif that was like, well, obviously no government is better than some government. But I'm like, we're. it's actually not obvious. It's a very um, uh, debatable philosophical question. So – uh, JB, I mean, not JBM, uh, Piano Man, we'll start off since you, uh, you brought it up. Okay. Well, the, really the reason this question came about is because we were talking about anarchy last week and anarchy basically means no government. That's my, that's what I think anarchy means. Um, so correct me if I'm wrong. Technically, technically it's something like no, uh, no rulers or no hierarchy, but we'll go with it. It's fine. And I've been like a small government guy, like for a really long time. So I've had a long time to kind of establish where I'm at with that. But I th- for me, there I do, and it, essentially in a truly free market, you wouldn't have any kind of ruler or any kind of authority. Like it's a totally free market. Like that that does seem optimal to me. But my counter to to that argument is that if you want to have a society where people agree to live together, like within some social norms, I think it's important to have a referee and essentially the government acts as a referee in that sense. So if you play a game, right, um, you'd rather stick with a rule book. Like you're, you'd rather play a game with people if there's actual rules than playing a game where no one agrees on any of the rules. You're not going to have, you know, so that's that's kind of where I think government has its place. Of course, I think it's much too big right now. Like, their the rule book has has just exceeded the amount of pages I think it should be. But I do think it's important that if you want a society that functions well together, you do have some limited form of government. Well, I feel like you could dig your heels in all the way back at society, but I won't even do that. I I will just like pose it as a question, and I'm not even like this is not even a gotcha question. I'm just asking the group. Like, can you think of a time when the government did basically what Walker, what Piano Man just described, where they uh, stepped in and actually regulated something that required it in a way that added utility or, or value to the to the, everybody's lives in the market? Can anybody think of a good example of that? You mean like where they stepped in, where it wasn't mm-hmm. already happening, or just a way that it functions today, like? in everyday society. But like, I mean, is that a, is that a, um, is that a positive outcome? I think there are some positive outcomes like, um, well, it's, it's funny. I was going to use an example that I actually kind of disagree with myself, but 
you think about public utilities for everyone in general, like you have your water, sewer systems, road systems that are provided by the government. While I do think that these systems could possibly be better if mm-hmm. there were no government, that's, that's a possibility. Um, I, I think having just a system where everyone agrees, like, you know, we pay some taxes to have this as a society. I think that's one effective way a government could be mm-hmm. put in place. Well, before, before JBM, well, nothing is how, provided by the yeah, government. Yeah. It's provided but, by our tax. Right. But so before you guys start talking about how there's no, like there should be no government. Um, cause that's where this is going to go. Um, I'll Ooh, bring this it. is where you're going to say police are good. No, no. I'm going to talk about um, how, like, I think there's some, like, biblical construct to, like, having a government similar to what Piano Man By is the way, about. just for the record, so, like, I even consider myself Bible, to be pretty much undecided on this question, by the way, <laughs> just so everybody's. So, yep. okay. But, but just think about, like, even, like, the Old Testament, right? So, like, uh-huh. God wa- didn't want there to be a king, right? He wanted people to just follow him, but he established the Levites to be the people to be the keeper of the word and be the people who, if like the priests and the people to uphold the word, right. And the ones, and they weren't necessarily like a government at the time, but now think about always very good at their job. Like we never messed up. Not always. I'm not saying that, but there's fallacy, right? There's also problems with anarchy as well. People just doing whatever, you know, and and basically saying there's no laws because if there's, you know what I'm saying? But I'm even, I'm just bringing it to like a, you know, like a, a spiritual level almost. Like, but even look at what he did in the New Testament. He established deacons and elders. If you have a church, you have people that are uh, not above well, in like the Christ hierarchy, right? But people that can help organize your church you know what i mean and i mean all right i mean i guess if jbm is one of those like anti-paul people now too um uh I'm very pro paul and i don't it was I mean, really, is that, is i'm that pro paul factual? i'm pro paul in the factual? sense of myself and i'm pro paul in the sense of the apostle <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but there is but there is something to i i think it needs to be small, and I. But I agree with what piano is piano man is saying. But I'm saying, look at even on that level. It's good to have some. I and I don't think like a king or whatever, but like some people that can that are smart enough that can kind of help regulate something like the collection of where those taxes go and how they're allocated, but not necess- But only for means. You know what I mean. But not like cap, like why do we need a government to create a capital gains tax? If you make a good investment, you should keep your money. You know what I mean? Like that's so Wear your dumb. mask, bigot. That's what I'm talking about. That stuff. Telling me how to live my life. Telling me how to be somebody. You know what I mean? I don't think that's what the government is for. But I do think like even, like I said, even from like a biblical level, if you look at the way your church is run, there are people that are set in place to make sure that there's some organization, right? And I think like there can be government to be a part of that organization, but how small can we get it? 
is the question. But I do think there's some value in having some decision makers, and that's all. That's really but all. I think I have. it's really. I'll listen. I want to. I, I just got to jump in here. I think it's really interesting that you bring up uh, elders and deacons because I think that's a really interesting example too. But for like opposite reasons than what you said, like I feel like elders and deacons are a, a an emergent model that you see all the way back in the Old Testament. Where it's like, okay, so before Israel had a king, what were they doing? They had judges, right? But the, they didn't even always have judges, if you pay attention. They had judges when like, there was a, 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 some sort of crisis situation where they needed somebody uh, to make wise discernments. But they, the, the, the tribes and the clans within Israel were run by, uh, were run by elders, which in the Old Testament sense just meant the oldest, wisest guys around. And I really think that's basically all it means in the New Testament sense as well. All those qualities that Paul lists are all qualities that you would expect to see in basically the oldest, wisest dudes. But I don't know that they were intended as a checklist in the way that we always take them, but more as sort of a, a list of qualities that, uh, that you want to have in, in one of the guys that's going to be filling that role for your congregation. But I guess the point I'm making is like, that is something that is naturally got to happen with any group of people. There's got to be some people who lead and some people who serve and some people who, who, you know, are getting pulled along more than they're carrying. That's just how you, it's always going to be with any group. So I, I, I feel like the, it's not that there will, that there is no, I don't like the term no government for anarchy because even in a system where there's no state, communities govern themselves they have rules that they abide by and that would still continue under anarchy it's just that um there would not be uh state force involved but i mean yeah well but like an anarchist even at a community level they would say well why would these rules have to apply to me like we should have less government i, like, I mean really. i don't know i think it would depend on what kind of anarchist you are and like what school you came from how you viewed that i mean if you were like a hardcore like um individualist um or uh, there's a where there's there are, there's a kind of anarchist who like literally they think they can murder people <laughs> um and i forget the term for it but i mean there are lots of different ways of viewing this i mean the the anarcho-communists are all about everybody keeping the rules somehow i i, I just think that like um I, I i don't know i i think that communities basically govern themselves and they did for thousands of years before we convinced ourselves that we needed the state to keep everything in line but i don't know i'm interested in other people's thoughts I think that's JB McHugh. Anybody? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So, um, I mean, I, I, God is perfect, right? Uh, I would actually argue that I think monarchy is the absolute greatest form of government, um, bar none. But you have to have a perfect leader in order for it to work, um, which is why Jesus Christ like that's why Christianity works. Uh, because if you have someone that's actually a perfect leader, that's going to make the perfect decisions, then you need one person in charge. Right. But that's in principle, like in practice, obviously we know how that goes. Um, but I, I don't know. I mean, with respect to what others have said, like, I think that the key to this is the more people you get together, the more people feel like there needs to be, a referee, so to speak, 
um, in the form of the state. Um, if if we lived in smaller communities, then community rule would essentially take take over, and like you you would still have like more or less rules within your community, and that people didn't like them would just leave, like they would just go to a different community. Um, yeah, I mean, and this would this be is just, this would be a I don't thing know, this that is just how things used to work. This would be a th- right? and this would be a thing where both where everybody knows going in what the rules are. Uh, I mean, that that's the idea of like a covenant community is that yeah. you sign a contract saying I agree to these rules. I mean, yeah, but but there is still like a human element where people do gravitate to some type of rule makers. Be that like you were talking about, Paul, like the elders, well, people gravitate you know, the elders of a community. Yeah. Yeah, pe- people right, gravitate right, towards exactly. leaders. Yeah, but I think you would but, still I mean, have to me, To me, but here's so, what government is. Govern. Here's, I mean, I, I don't, how do we define government, right? Like, I mean, government is basically like people who rule me with my money, right? I don't, yeah, I, what's as the actual it, definition as it currently of exists. That's yeah. how I think of it. I mean, government is, yeah. government I mean, doesn't, yeah. Government doesn't have to have money. I mean, though, government doesn't technically have to have anything to do with the state, but as we know it, it almost it always don't does. Don't tell them that. <laughs> well, I'm saying like if you had, yeah. if you, I'm just saying in a perfect governmental system would would actually have no taxes, but instead people who are trying to do the good of the people, like you know, as a community. Yeah. I've always thought like it's interesting because people mm-hmm. talk about how like if we don't tax, then we won't have roads, right? But like. If we didn't have roads, if our roads sucked, eventually the people in the community will be like, hey, we'll chip in a couple hundred bucks or whatever to fix this. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, the first well, roads no, didn't come about from the government. Exactly. They came about from people who were like, let's, yeah. let's up my business. Let's put roads in. Yeah. And, like, you would have different things where, like, a dude would build a bridge and then there would just be a toll, like, to pay that guy. Yeah. But it wouldn't be like the way it is right now. Dude, like, I did the research one day, and I, can't, I don't remember all the numbers, but it was on, like, how much it cost to redo the bridge uh, from Louisville to Indiana on 65. And the amount of money that they spent versus the amount of people who have already crossed over that bridge and how much they charge, like, it is absolutely insane. They paid for it, like, five times already. Like, I don't even know what's happening at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just taking more money. But like, if if someone was just like, yeah, "Hey, like, where's that I will make the bridge. Yeah. I will make the bridge, and and here's the here's how much I'm going to charge, and this is how long I'm going to charge it." Like, I I mean, I don't know. Like, you would just almost have like and societal where, bids in a sense, right? Well, and that's where having like a some government could work because let's yeah. say someone built that bridge, and he says, "All right, it cost me." 300 million to do that and if there's some type of like somebody that could be like hey hey everyone by the way this guy has met his 300 like you just so you know that and you we can keep paying him if we want or we can stop paying him but there could be there i i am in agreement the smaller the government the better but i i don't think it's see i actually feel like you guys are missing something there and I think this is why it's important to actually have a government. Because, okay, this guy builds this bridge. It's his bridge. It's his right to do what he wants. 
like there's no like there shouldn't be a stipulation if you build a bridge you should be allowed to say i'm going to do this for eternity i'm going to charge you five dollars to cross this bridge you sure. can cross it or not like sure I, this is my bridge yeah. i do what i want but see and here's right. that much but of a they, burden on people somebody will make a, a better bridge right with someone, no someone will make someone a second make bridge. bridge so the guy who says this is the cheapest and shortest this, amount of time and this would win and this is why i think the government actually provides a more beneficial alternative here is because it's providing a service for the good of the community right this bridge so having fewer <clears throat> options is for everybody's good no because somebody can still build a bridge but it's it's good to have an option that's okay say the community needs a bridge to get across like the fastest route <clears throat> right mm. somebody builds a bridge and they charge whatever but that's not really for the good of co the community it's for the good of the person who built it <clears throat> Right. Does that make sense? Well, so actually, you'd you'd want a government or some and, type of communal. But, but it only bridge. it only works if it benefits everybody, though. Right. And I don't exactly. People I don't use this bridge. I don't mean yeah, to get yeah, all yeah, like his exactly. bridge doesn't win. I don't, and I don't mean to get like. Yeah. Well, I don't mean to get like all environmentalist on it right now, but like one of the things you asked, like what the government did good, right? Like something that they sort of intervened. I think in terms of like you know a long time ago, we. The, you know, this country had buffalo that they described as like, you know, rivers running across the plain and then people just yeah. killed them. So having a government like, you know, the fish and wildlife and, it, you know, to say, hey, you you can only kill a certain amount of deers or they're all just going to go extinct and we're going to have no more of them, you know, because if we just let people run buck wild on that, we will like like completely eradicate food in some ways. So it's not a stupid thing to yeah. say, Hey guys, we've done the research here. Just kill two or well, three new, deer. New food re would replace it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't okay. think new we're species. In <laughs> just yeah, new species. They'll just pop but, up all the time. Uh, yeah, I, I do see. I, no, I mean, no, I mean like just a species that isn't currently dominant would become dominant. That's yeah, literally what's happened for I, the entire well, history of the world. I, I see Zach's point though, right? is that there was, I mean, like is that a, not true? I th but I think that's a good thing to say, Hey, we've done the research. If you only kill three, the Buffalo are gone and we're fine. I mean, that's yeah. Because somebody came in and said, don't do this all the time, <laughs> you know? Okay. And they put I mean, regulations on how much you can hunt, you know? Yeah. I mean, I don't know about the Buffalo question to me, the, the, to me, let me just, I mean, this might be like a non sequitur, but let me just throw it in there. To me, the strongest argument against limited government and for no government is th this idea that we already tried it. Like our government or the constitution is a limited government document. And you can say all day, Oh, well, people don't follow it. We didn't stick to it, but you're digging your hole deeper you're saying, oh, this constitution is so great. It's so awesome. Just it's never been followed ever. So it's, it, I mean, it, it, it's like if, even if you could achieve limited government in the way that you guys are, are, are suggesting legitimately my question, and this is a question I don't know the answer to. I'm just, I'm asking it like, how would you compel it to stay that way? How would you make it stay small? You it can. would never stay small. Yeah. Yeah. yeah free... It would just balloon out of control. Yeah. Well, Either, so, I mean, I, yeah, you can't force it to say small, but if you have like a bunch of different communities, then each one does what it wants. Right. That's really how you effectively. Yeah. 
Like you basically decentralize you power. It? Wait, did you just become an anarchist? No, anarchy is no government. <laughs> I've always said there should be limited forms <sighs> of government. Oh, I thought you were saying. I thought you were saying the communities would just do. Okay, but it, it I do seems think. Like I mean, that is a form of government, though. People will gravitate I mean, toward I, it anyway. I okay, mean, you saw there can, the still the day, be, there can still be communities in an anarchist system. I don't. It's like uh, Walker has in his head that there would not be any kind of community. If there's but any type of government, there would be. Then there would be government, though. But at some point, it will be like Saul. People will ask for the king. At some point, who's there? They, might though? be a few. There might be a few pockets of yeah. communities that won't. But, but at some point, one community will get so big that yeah, they'll pay for the king. That's but fine. nobody's enough. addressing the question, which is, what is the that's, regulating principle that would keep it, the, that would keep it small? Decentral- there is none. Decentralizing it. Right. Okay. But it, we, when we, this country was founded, we had a decentralized small government. Right, and then they centralized it. it. You don't remember the, right. the uh, Civil War? And right, that- this, but this is, this is what I'm saying. What is the purpose of limited government if it is impossible to keep it limited? We're just setting ourselves up for the same cycle repeatedly. Didn't maybe so. And so my intuition is that I don't mean to push us into the next segment here, but does that kind of bleed over into uh, our boys? It does a bit. Yeah, we can just go ahead and ask it now. We did have. Uh, before we go there, like, obviously at the end of the day, like we're on the same side of, of, of this politically, uh, we might not have the exact agreements on like how it should be implemented, but we're certainly all on like the right when it comes to this, like in terms of like, we, we want people to have freedom. Yeah. Right. I I mean... I, maybe I not. Think maybe not the same way people define the right today, but I mean that is the right. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could be a really annoying libertarian about it and be like, "I don't consider myself on the left or the right," which is technically true because we're better leftists than the leftists and better right wingers than the right wingers. But I see your point. <laughs> we are. I mean, left libertarianism is a right wing thing. Um. So anyway, the question from Ryan is, um, was this country Ryan of Bowling Green, Ryan of Bowling Green, Ryan, listener, Ryan, we thank you. The question was, um, was our form of government doomed from the beginning? Basically, uh, I don't have the exact uh, wording in front of me, but it was, it was something like because of our form of government, were, were we doomed for this to happen to beginning? or from the beginning. And, and my response was like, well, it's a little bit like saying, um, am, am I doomed to die because of the color eyes that I have? It's like, no, you're doomed to die because you're a human being. So it's like every form of government is gonna fall apart. But what do you, what are you guys reactions to that question? I do have a question. If, if the civil war say the South had won, do you think that we'd have the type of government we have today? No. No. We would, but yes. definition. Yes, I do. By by now, yes. I mean, what <laughs> do you mean by the same? It would. It would have taken longer. It would literally be a different government, though. <laughs> That's the way I took like, the question. Don't you? Don't you think it was no, trying probably. to be less decentralized? No, the same type. Isn't that what you said? Yeah, oh, the it same was trying type, to like... be, but it, by now it would definitely be centralized. Yeah, but by now it definitely would have become centralized, I think. But I feel like there would have been a precedent for like decentralization. 
Maybe. I do think that, like, even if the South won, like, slavery would be abolished at some point. It would have just take longer. Okay. I think that if that's what you're trying to question. say. I agree with that. No, no, no. I, I, mean, think- I mean, like, decentralized, more decentralized type of government. Yeah. And the reason I ask this question is because yeah, I think, I think if, it- if, if it could still be decentralized if the South had won, maybe. Like, that's a hypothetical. Then maybe um, the answer to this question is it wasn't doomed to fail. It's just certain factors that led to where we're at now have shown that it's. Are you saying the wrong side won the Civil War? No, I'm saying the principle of federalization did win the Civil War. <laughs> I'm not saying it's wrong or right. It's just a philosophy. Right. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right, I was just asking. But I'm saying the philosophy is different than a philosophy that I like adhere to. It's an interesting question. Paul, you're in charge here. Tell somebody to talk. I was JBN, just waiting for somebody talk. to be bold enough to speak first. It, um, no, JBM, talk. Okay. Um, okay. So I think we absolutely would have gotten to this same point where we have a centralized government because I think as this question alludes to, were we doomed to fail? I mean, this is where everyone ends up. Everybody ends up with some kind of centralized government. It's just a matter of how long it takes to get there. Right? Yeah. I mean, the, well... I mean, unless y'all can think of an example where that didn't happen. Yeah, I can't think of an example where the state started off super powerful and then decentralized as it evolved. I mean, there might be an example like that, but I can't think of one. British colonization. Britain Britain started off super powerful in the beginning of its history. Yeah. I don't think that's right. <laughs> and then got less powerful when everyone revolted. No, I th- I think that history is just straight up wrong because Israel, I mean, not Israel, Britain had no power uh, until after the Roman Empire collapsed and it basically fed off of the, the fumes of, of that for many centuries until it slowly became a, pow- a world power. It's not like it all happened overnight. Oh, you're saying like you well, literally I, I start off mean, like, most where powerful? Did it start? Yeah, like hey, I mean, ahead, I'm talking know. about like a country that was de- no. yeah. Well, th- my, that was. I didn't mean like, you know, what's an example of one that was powerful and then it wasn't? Like, obviously that happens. What I'm saying is, every country starts. Well, I wouldn't even say they all start off a small government. But any country that's ever started with a small government ends up with a big government at some point. Like, that's just the natural progression of things. It becomes centralized, and the government just keeps growing until there's some type of revolution. And then it shrinks, and then it starts to grow again. And I, I right? do think that has that has something to do with the people, yep. right? You, like, you create a, a government, and the government says, hey, we're going to do has everything to do things. with the people. Well, and no, yeah. and the pe- But what I mean is, like, people say, well, we want this. And and with in regards to Ryan's question, is America always doomed to fail? I think there is a is a piece of that that I understand what he's trying to say because, like we say, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So some people are going to take that as you you as an American can create the American dream, right? And some people take that as we as the American government need to give you life, liberty and happiness, not just the pursuit, but just give it to you in general. And that's where we get to this like woke culture these days. It's people that think, well, we, the government know what's best for the people. 
um, because of the the way that that is interpreted. You know, we they think they think I so the constitutional so backing for every bill the is always the general welfare clause, even though that's not what the right. general welfare means. Right, but that. Because when it was written and when it was created... And that's what Dr. Seuss was trying to accomplish. Hey, we're going to get into that. Are we? You know what's what's funny, though, is is that... (laughs) A thought ran through my mind when you were talking about... Because initially, Preacher Paul asked the question about how do we keep it limited government? Or, you know, how do you keep it... Like, what's the way forward so that it doesn't grow to be centralized if you have it decentralized? The only way to do it is to have centralized way of, like, forcing people to believe a certain right. way. Like, literally, that's the so only it's way. it's impossible to maintain, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was his point. I, and that, that, yeah. By the way, that does that, by the way, that doesn't, doesn't necessarily exist. mean... That, Welcome by the way, the party, that doesn't boys. necessarily mean that, that no government is better. It just means that you have to admit this argue this idea of limited government and trying to maintain it is madness. You're never gonna, you're never gonna achieve it. So nothing is unless perfect. it makes common sense to the people, yeah. and the people want it constantly. Yeah, if yeah. That makes you, sense. Can't, you can't point to any historical precedent for that, though. So, yeah. But I mean. I mean, and again, you could say all the same things about no government. It's like it would be a big experiment. And people always accuse anarchists of being utopian. But I I will say the one Michael Malice does have a line about this that is pretty good, which is anarchy isn't anarchy isn't a solution to all of our problems. It's a solution to one of the biggest problems. So, you know, there would still be things to figure out with no government. It just seems like to me – if everything we believe about liberty is true, then the government is not serving much purpose, if any. It doesn't seem like the world would be that starkly worse without it to me. But I know I'm not an economist or a political scientist. I just have an interest in this stuff casually. But Can we talk about cops? Why, why, why not? We've talked about everything else, and I've been out of half of this episode. We next can talk week. about cops next week. Let's, let's talk about let's, Dr. Seuss. Talk, talk to me about cops. Yeah. Let's, let's save the spicy Seuss. cop. Because the last about two cops and, is going to be real spicy. We can yeah. save that for next week. It'll be fine. But doctor, let's do it. Doctor, Ask the okay. question. Wait. Wait. Is it just going to be a segment about Kamala yeah. Harris? Yes. No. I mean, cops. So, yes. Uh, so, okay. cops. <laughs> Dr. Seuss. Okay. All right. Okay. It's, but it's just a debate. Just a debate. Dr. Seuss, <laughs> this is Dr. Seuss is canceled, and that's not just a debate. That is real life. Uh, Dr. Seuss is out of National Reading Month or whatever. So um, what's, up, what's up with this, guys? What are, what, are our, what, what are our reactions to the cancellation of everyone's favorite children's author? What was the reasoning? So... It, well, he's because so, he drew racist comics at some point. So his first book, yeah, the first book that he published was called like I saw it on Mulberry Street, and there's like a bunch of different stereotypes. So there's like one one character that's supposed that is like a money hoarder. 
that has a bunch of money, doesn't want to do anything with it, and like the way he, nope. yeah, the way is Drew, it Doctor Seuss Jewish like, though? Wasn't uh, his last like name, Jew? his real last name, like Herzl or something like and that? And then like. I don't know, but like then, like we own a zoo or something, which is another one of his earlier ones. Like, there was like this is the African this this thing is from an African area, and it's like it was like a it was black, no shoes, very like resemblant of a monkey or something. Um, a lot of it was more on his like earlier earlier stuff before it was like cat in the hat and everything was a who, you know. Um, but that was it. But I just asked, what's the cat the best, in the hat would have been better if it was book. an Aboriginal <laughs> African instead of the cat in the hat. I would support that. <laughs> More representation, guys. But yeah. I don't know why you don't like this idea. What's the question? The best Dr. Seuss book. What's the best Dr. So, Seuss book? Green eggs there, and ham. There I am. Yeah, probably green eggs and ham. Uh, oh, put me in that's the, the one that we just that said Dr. was racist. Seuss? Yeah. It makes sense. That's your favorite one. Uh, yeah. But, <laughs> I've never read it. No, 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 no. Walk that is it. not the one. Ooh, Dude, walk it in my pocket. No. That's my favorite so one. So there I am it. reading on Twitter. Here I am reading on Twitter all about how Dr. Seuss has been canceled. And then after school, my wife picks up my daughter and my daughter comes running in with her cat in the hat hat on her head that she got at school today. Which was so perfect. It was so perfect. Your it's hat, funny. did you say Reagan? Your, I mean, sorry. did you say to your daughter, your hat is racist, dear? <laughs> I picked her up and gave her a hug and told her I loved her. That's just dumb. Well, Which, that well not, like that's not dumb. The, the, <laughs> the Dr. Seuss canceling is dumb. Because like yeah, I'll loving, be honest, your, loving two, your kid the, is dumb, JB. The two the two books that are in question, I've never even read. I don't like I'd never even heard of. I mean, the only books but, that. But who cares if you did though? Like, why should we cancel all the good things this person did? I don't just understand. like yeah, the people who listen to this podcast, like on episode one hundred. Who cares about the racist stuff we said in like the first 10, yeah. 20 episodes? That was in yeah, the past. Like every when, subsequent when, episode when, after that. Yeah. When we joke about suicide, not a big deal. You know? That was early on, you know? That was yeah, before anybody even cared about before, us. Before we matured, before we came into our own as artists. Right. Um, yeah, so hmm. I, I think that uh, it's What's next? Dr. Seuss has been canceled. Everything. Uh, At some point. I don't know. What's next to go down? Everything. Like anything next to go will... Down. Everything in our lifetime will be canceled at some point. Mm-hmm. Do you see we're supposed to spell women with an X instead of an E now? No, they got mad about we, that. I thought we weren't. The, like, Twitch, they hate that. What? Yeah. The Twitch people did that and they got mad. They like, were like, yeah, Wimex. And they called it sexist. Yeah, dude, like Latin, Latino, Latinx. Now, like the the feminists got mad about that though, because there were like some women have penises. All, so all the feminists. No, no, no. That was the trannies. The feminists. The feminists got to fall in line. <laughs> all, all the feminists. I'm just saying. The trend. What does the X represent? It's just not racist or something. Oppression? No, because it's not women. I don't know. You know, like a men and a woman, right? Cutting the just, vowel out of men. the men. M- 
cutting yeah. the vowel out of it's the man. It's like cutting the there penis be, off a of man. Yeah, there cannot Bam. be the three letters M E N together. It's offensive. But what does it represent yeah. in le- Latinx? Unclear. Latinx. I don't know. Why did? It's it's also care. yeah, but you're racist if you say Latino. Oh right, because that's that's right. how they change their words in uh, in Spanish. <laughs> so who knows? Yeah. So oh. dude, that's so funny. We should start calling black people Ebon X. <laughs> Ebon X. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like of all the things we've said on the show, that's probably the one that's going to get us canceled for real, for real. Um, Ebon X. Wow. I, I am. We're I, done. I can't. We're off Apple. You know. Bye. Spotify honestly, my I'll, I'll take that to the Supreme Court of Jokes. That is the, that's worth the cancellation to me. Ebon X is <laughs> pretty great. That you should you should found that as a company. Ugh. Piano. That is the name. That that is the name of the you episode. Found, call it Ebon X, <laughs> and then it's like Rosetta Stone, but for white people learning how to speak the, the black people's language. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's all come around. What is the oh, black man. people language? Ebon X. Have you not been Ebonics. listening? <laughs> uh, we had another rapid fire question but i can't even remember it at this point and we should probably quit this podcast while we're ahead i just said we're on almost the one year anniversary of covid is there one good thing that like just to keep on a positive note what's like one good thing that has come out of this last year it, it, if there has been any J- i don't have to been. look i don't have to look at ugly people anymore there you go, JBM. Joe Biden. This is the one good thing. Okay. We're saved. Okay. Midnight Mark. That's interesting. <laughs> Joe I Biden mean, for is me, the one good thing about COVID that you got. Yeah. That's why for we me, have him, right? Well, like, my thing, my thing was going to be Honestly, last year was awesome going to like the zoo and stuff. There's nobody there. Like we did the, uh, like we did the uh, trick or treat thing at the Louisville Zoo, and we just like went. We didn't have to wait in line. You know, it's kind of awesome. Like nothing is crowded. Yeah. If you go to a restaurant, people aren't oh, breathing true. on you the whole time. Like, I don't know. I know I from like an economics uh, from. From an economic standpoint, I don't like it. But from like a personal, like, I don't have to be flooded with all these kids at the zoo during the thing. We just can go and not have to wait in line and do our own thing. Like, that was so fun <laughs> to like yeah. not have to do that. So I was just, I that's mean, mine. Yeah. On that same can note, we talk about I the mean, ethics of zoos? <laughs> Later. <laughs> Let's save that one for another week as well. JBM, that sounds like a whole issue. Yeah, out here it's uh, it's good because the traffic was substantially better for a while. But see, now it's back to normal, so there's no that's not even really a plus. I'm just so, saying, during COVID, it was fun like going to crowded places because they weren't crowded anymore. Yeah, well, and it, I'm gonna be flying next week. I'm 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 visiting home, so I'll I'll let you know whether it's cool, whether I can get like a whole row to myself. That's what I'm hoping for, but. Um, we'll see. That's not how it works. 
But I will tell you, my actual one good thing, my actual one good thing from COVID is that people finally realize that black lives matter. Yes. And, and you know, that makes it all worth it. Um, Rest in peace, St. George. R.I.P. George Floyd. Uh, So (laughs) we're saluting you. Goodbye. It's been a great, we need to get like a trumpet to play over this part of every episode where we're saluting and it's just like, we're signing George, tell Rush Limbaugh we said hello. (laughs) Oh, I'll salute to that. Magic in the Attic. Keep tuning in. Peace. Magic in the Attic is back at it again. You're just chilling to the rhythm and then love comes in. Sit right back and just have a good time. Listen to the music and let your feelings fly. Grab one of your friends and just sing and dance, sing and dance till the night ends in sweet romance. Cause all that I'm trying to do is have a good, good time. All that I'm trying to do is have a good, good time. Stop now, we're doing this all night long Cause I just want to laugh it all away Cause I get this feeling that it is going to stay Cause all that I'm trying to do is have a good, good time All that I'm trying to do is have a good, good time It's a beautiful day outside, so come play Soak up the sun and think about the things of the day about you all that I can running in circles around and around in my head all that I'm trying to do is have a good good time all that I'm trying to do is have a good good time All that I'm trying to do is have a good, good time All that I'm trying to do is have a good, good time